Hello, I am C-3PO Human-Cyborg Relations. Welcome aboard the Star Speeder 3000. Everything in this room may change time and time again as we move ahead. But the basic philosophy of what we're planning for Disney World is going to remain very much as it is right now. If you are standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. They will be closing in a moment. The monorail will depart momentarily for W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 295 for the week of October 7th, 2012. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic to wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, CD, and more. You can find them all over at www.radio.com. From Walt's mechanical bird to the most advanced figures in the Disney parks, audio-animatronic characters have been an integral part in storytelling and attractions from the very beginnings of Disneyland. So this week, we're going to explore the history of these figures and then take a look at our top 10 audio-animatronics in Walt Disney World. Were you able to identify last week's mystery sound clip from the parks? See how well you did, and then answer this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll then have a couple of announcements at the end of the show, including information about upcoming events and live video broadcasts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. The experiences we have in the Disney parks as fans is one that we all know is so deeply grounded in story and whose attractions range from everything from a simple teacup ride to those that break new ground in technological advancements. And throughout the park's history, the continuing involvement of that attraction technology goes back to Walt himself, who always sought to really push those boundaries and create new ones along the way. And I think one of the areas in which he and continues to go on doing that is through the development of audio animatronics technology from the original tiki birds in the enchanted tiki room to the oh so very lifelike and dreamy captain jack sparrow and pirates of the caribbean these mechanical characters are ever inching closer to sort of blurring that line that allows us to see the difference between what's real and what's not so today we're going to look at some of our favorite characters as we explore the top 10 audio-animatronics figures in Walt Disney World. 
And joining me is a man who himself has been mistaken for an audio animatronics figure while in the Disney parks. He is Tim Foster from Guide to the Magic and Celebrations Magazine. I'm so lifelike, though. How could you make that mistake? Lifelike and dreamy, just like Captain Jack Sparrow. Wow. So, wow, you, you, you stole one of mine even before you got started. That's a, that is a record. Do you mean the Tim Foster doing the Mr. Roboto dance at Atlantic Dance Hall? <laughs> that- <laughs> uh, I thought you said you erased that video. <laughs> That's going to be in a Celebrations DVD coming soon oh, uh, to okay. a theater near you. So. Uh, don't forget, um, I'm a little teacup. I'm just, that's all. <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you, Tim, this is one that um, has sort of been on the we need to do this list. And I get this uh, request via email all the time. And I think it's because audio animatronics are so important to the theme park experience. And, and it really does go back to Walt. It goes back to his this idea that he had to create characters that would be realistic but would also interact with guests, right? So we know the legend of him wanting to have a Chinese restaurant and he wanted to have a, a character like Confucius out in the lobby who wasn't going to be an actor, but a figure that he said was going to be made out of plastic. And guests were going to be able to come in, ask him questions, and he would reply with you know words of wisdom basically being operated by uh, a live person in the back sort of answering the questions, making the lips move. We kind of have that now. You know, his dreams have become a reality. But I think we should take just a second to kind of look at the genesis of audio animatronics figures because it really does go back to, you know, the early 1950s when Walt purchased the, the legendary mechanical bird, which if you ever get a chance to see the Disney archives in California, the bird is still there. You know, it's still a small little maybe four or five inch bird in the cage that still works. That really inspired Walt to create this audio animatronic technology. Uh, they build the the project Little Man. Uh, Wait a minute, you stole two of mine. No, I didn't. Shh, we're going to go back. Don't worry, we're going to go back. To the house. Go worry. ahead, go ahead. Um, we'll circle know, back. We're going to circle back because, and don't worry, I stole two of my own too, or at least oh, right, one of well. my own. Um, so it's the top uh, six now. Right. It's the top three and a half that are left. <laughs> but, you know, it, it goes to the 60s when Abraham Lincoln is created. And then the, you see the birds in Mary Poppins. And, you know, uh, this, this next generation of audio animatronics in, in A100. And in a very relatively short period of time, we go from this audio animatronic bird to, you know, Great moments with Mr. Lincoln and other characters that obviously we're going to talk about in our top 10 list. Uh, well, if you don't take them all first. <laughs> so, and, and I, but I, 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 I like the fact that it is something that is very much um, tied to the legacy of Walt himself. This was a, a Walt idea that I think is probably, and we'll talk about this as we go through, probably getting close to or maybe even beyond what Walt could have envisioned for where audio animatronics technology is going. Sure. <laughs> we have, we, we look, have computers now. <laughs> look at that lifelike response from Tim Foster. All right, so, <laughs> so I don't steal any more of yours, and because I'm a courteous fellow, I'm going to let you go first. Right, well, you know, I'll, I'll jump into the history since you kind of touched on it. Um, I mean, some of the ones on my list are... Um, uh, Kind of, well, the, the go. We have a go with me category that we've patented and trademarked. But uh, 
rather than I mean, some of these are the most awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping animatronic figures there are, but some of these I picked for other reasons, and this is one of them. And it is the dancing man that you mentioned before. I can't believe you stole the dancing man from me. I'm like, Tim has never even been to Hollywood Studios. Wait, wait that's wait, the one what? with the ship on the mountain? Yeah, the, the ship water. on the mountain. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, I think that's I think Typhoon I should... Lagoon you're thinking of. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I think we actually talked about I, I believe we talked about One Man's Dream last time we chatted, if I remember correctly. Or not too long ago. Um, but again, this is one... The One Man's Dream exhibit... Again, I've said it before, but a, a, probably an attraction... Many people visit, but many people also tend to overlook when they're making their way towards the headliners. And I, I do... I always recommend highly anybody who's a Disney fan make this a must-see on your list. And in this case, uh, the exhibit I'm talking about is the Dancing Man exhibit, um, which, again, a little bit of history was, I guess, Walt's one of his early or earliest attempt to make a, an actual moving mechanical figure that could replicate human movement. This was on a small scale, of course, and um, I guess more of an experiment to see if it could be done. But um, seeing the exhibit itself it is pretty cool because it, it's actually this is the genesis of animatronics here. And actually, as you proceed further into the into the exhibit, you can see more examples of early animatronics and so forth. But this one is neat just just to look at and read the story that goes with it. Um, and I, I think the coolest part about it is going around the back side of it. Because uh, when you see the front, you see a little guy on the stage with the curtains and everything. But you go around the back, and you see mechanics that are were behind it uh, in order to make it move. All the cams and levers and all this stuff, um, which dwarfs the actual figure, which is really amazing all the time and effort and expertise that went into making this. And, of course, I, I alluded to it. Nowadays, you do have computers and, and uh, robotics and all these things making animatronics. And it might not seem that out there today to make a figure that moves but back then this was pre-robotics pre everything so it was it was really an amazing feat and it's people might read about the dancing man might know about it but seeing in person um is really cool and seeing what was going on behind the scenes and read the story it's a fascinating story i won't give away the ending but that's coming up next so well and that's the thing too you know you you look at this and you realize that this was Built this this was developed and built in 1951. Uh, Roger Brogy and Waythel Rogers, Waythel really sort of the, the the father of audio animatronic. Uh, who of course was the actor who stood in as the model for the Dancing Man? Uh, Buddy Epson. There you go, Beverly Hillbilly. I know that because I just wrote about that. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, and, and you're right. I think it's amazing when you look at not necessarily the the, the figure himself, but those cams and levers and what they had to do to create what ended up being basically a, a, a small two-minute performance. Uh, right. I know when we've talked to Jim Corcus in the past, there's a story that uh, supposedly Marty Sklar says if it still would probably work if you plugged it in, but I was like, wondering, I'm that. not going to be the guy to plug it in and break no. it. So, <laughs> so they leave it. Um, but yeah, it, it's fascinating again, knowing, you know, how many years, you know, 60 plus years, uh, ago was when that was first created. 
I'm even, and this is, I, I am speaking out of ignorance, I confess. Is there any, is there any video of this thing anywhere working? Like, like can, can someone actually see it working? Not in real life, but maybe in an old video or something? I have never seen an actual video of, um, of the little dancing man. But if there is one and somebody has actually seen it, I, I would love to know. I'm sure one exists somewhere in the... Uh, oh, no. in well, the this was before cell night. phones and, and <laughs> right. webcams, so I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Now. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it, but, you know, I, I think it, it's so important. And I'm, and I'm really happy you mentioned it because I didn't think that you were. Because, you know, when, we, when I said at the beginning about everything being rooted in story, you know, I, I do sort of imagine that Walt was kind of, I, I described him as sort of a, a frustrated storyteller. He was frustrated mm-hmm. by the limitations of technology and being able to tell his stories, so led to the invention and the creation of the multiplane camera, again, also there. And then it makes him, he realizes he has a broader canvas to paint on when he decides to create a Disneyland. He can tell his story in three dimensions. And this is sort of that next step of that, being able to create a new technology to help tell his stories in three dimensions without having to actually use real actors. Right. Because they never get tired. They never get tired. The mechanical one. And they don't need benefits and they don't take days off. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to feed them, right? He said you don't have to feed them. um, You have to repair them once in a while. You know, and so... When I was um, when I sort of did like a brain dump of my list, I, I did not have any particular order other than just the the way that they came in. Uh, right. So I'm not sort of putting this like you in terms of technologically worst to best, best to worst, whatever it may be. But for some reason, the the, the one or ones that I want to mention next are over in the American Adventure, and ah. Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain. I'm gonna mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna put them together, sort of a, as a couple, because Benjamin Franklin was the first audio animatronic to actually walk or appear to walk when he starts to go up the steps to uh, Thomas Jefferson's loft in the American Adventure. Because up until that point, uh, all animatronics were basically locked down by their legs, by their feet, in place, uh, maybe sort of being on top of some sort of uh, you know, conveyance that was moving, but he sort of gave the illusion. He took it to another level, this illusion of being walking and the standing and the sitting that they're doing. Um, you know, Mark Twain uh, appearing to smoke a cigar, even and it's very brief. He's only there. He almost was the, the third host, but Will Rogers sort of twirling his, uh, his lasso in there as well, too. It, it's a simple thing, but it does sort of mark another step that those audio animatronics took. And again, you're going back to 1982, and we've come a long, long way even since then. Well, simple nothing. I couldn't twirl a rope like that. <laughs> you have a tough enough time walking up the stairs, so. <laughs> Wait a Wait, minute. What? Uh, you, don't, you don't lie, so. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Wait, you gave me an idea for another one I'm jotting down, because I know you're going to steal some of my other ones, but. How about when they shake hands, but don't? Right. I thought you'd mention that. I, I was going to, but if you, depending on where you sit, you see that the, <laughs> the hands are not yeah, really as close as they look. <laughs> you know what's cool about that? I'm totally digressing. This was something that, that this, the little details, and I'm either, was that always sitting too far away to notice it, or it, just, it happened, or I just noticed it, or whatever. But then this goes back about a year or two ago when I was at, the American Adventure sitting up close. And I noticed the candles actually give off smoke. I never noticed that before. 
And and just, I, just I an ast- and that's one of the things, right? See, and no matter how many times you go to see these you things, see you'll find something new. new. You see something amazing. All right, where am I going here? Well, I'm going to go here because I, I doubt you went to uh, your favorite chili dog place to Stitch's Great Escape, which I know is your favorite attraction all of tomorrow. <laughs> Listen. It was on, it was on your get, list, wasn't it? It is on my list. It is on. It, it absolutely is on my list. And look, let me be clear, right? Well, why, why don't we? And I know I exaggerate because. Uh, listen, Stitch's Great Escape is probably somebody's favorite attraction, right? It it probably yeah, is. Mine. Is and it could be, and I, and it very well may be. Is it my favorite attraction? No, I, I think there's some story elements that that they could change a little bit. That being said, audio animatronic is one of the most advanced, one of the most fluid in the parks. Hey, why don't we split this up? Because I'll go back one. Uh, I'm go. I'll go to Alien Encounter, which isn't around anymore. Wow! But um, because I what uh, when we were when we first brought this up, I, I remember I jokingly said Stitch to you because I know, I, and then this is case in point. I know I just have to nudge you a little bit, and you, you'll go off the uh, story problems, maybe. But you know, you'll you'll go there, and I like that. I like that about you. Um, but I brought it up, kind of half-jokingly and put it on there, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized, wow, that, that attraction is home to some amazing animatronics. And uh, the first one you think of is Stitch, of course, who is, is, simp- is really, am- is just as far as an animatronic figure, is really amazing. Um, but even beyond Stitch himself, who spits, I love that, um, the robot arms mm-hmm. are amazing to look at, and 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 how they move around. And it seems fair. It seems like a simple thing, but um, I remember that actually impressed me more than Stitch the first time I saw it. And uh, going back to Alien Encounter, of course, the alien itself, which well, I can spoil it now because it's not there anymore. It might have felt like it flew around the room and landed on your head, but actually didn't move too much. But it was still a, a pretty amazing animatronic. And I, and I was kicking myself because I almost forgot what I think is the most impressive animatronic in the whole building, and that's um, your well, Sarge now, the robot out front, whose movements are absolutely amazing, and it's it's especially cool because it's not an animatronic that's uh, that has an overlay of uh, human you know skin and and body and, and looks like a human moving around. I, I actually what you're I guess for the most part, what you're seeing is actually the animatronic, which is which is kind of cool because you get kind of an inner look, inner peek at how, not how it works, but you see the mechanical aspects of it and things like that. But even in that, the movements uh, are. It's going to sound weird because it's a robot, but they're so lifelike and so fluid that it's it's just an amazing animatronic, even itself to look like long before you get into the attraction itself. So the most intriguing thing about you putting that on your list uh, is, A, I had it on my list too, uh, and I do agree that the Stitch at the time was one of the most complex built. The movements... He spits! He spits! He spits! But he's very fluid, right? His movements are very fluid. And I agree with you. I had the plasma cannons on my list in there as well too because those two move in a way that is very animated and very fast and they weigh like 1600 pounds each so they are not small little audio animatronics i mean there's a lot of engineering that goes into there but really the thing that intrigues me most 
is that you actually had the guts to go and sit through the extraterrestrial alien encounter. Oh, I love that was my favorite attraction. Well, no, that one of my favorite attractions. It was one of my favorite attractions. One of the attractions I missed the most. You were, I might be you were, scared. I might be scared to go upside down. I might be scared of the fire loops on Splash Mountain, and I might be scared of this small world. But Alien Encounter rocked. I love it. You are an enigma wrapped in a riddle, <laughs> wrapped a twink. in bacon. <laughs> Everything's good wrapped in bacon. Everything's better with bacon, as we know. Um, so I, I, I think that. Uh, I think, it, and I'm sure it's one on your list as well, too. And again, I'm sort of thinking about things that are still impressive and really marked a progressive leap forward in technology. And the first of that that next generation, this A100 line of audio animatronic figures that Disney in, introduced, this this next level of realism came in the great movie ride in the form of the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, look at some of. Look at look at figures in and watch. I'm gonna throw another one in here. Look at figures, and I love the figures in the Carousel <laughs> of Progress or some of the early. Darn you! Come on. That, and then compare them to the Wicked Witch of the West. Right. It's incredibly lifelike. I mean, look at her face. Look at look at the articulation. Look at her fingers. Look at the way her arms move. Um, you know, those and, and even the hands themselves have actuators that that control just that and and just move the fingers where you won't see finger movement on some of the earlier uh, audio animatronics they're able to sort of shrink the technology make it better make it more you know we keep using this word fluid so they're able to do so much more to it and we'll even see how she has progressed into even another generation and now all of a sudden you're like wait a minute is that a real guy or is that you know is that is it live or is it memorex Way obscure reference from the '80s. I'm so sorry, kids. <laughs> you know, and I, and I'm embarrassed. I got that. So. <laughs> that shows you. Hey, two things with the witch I found. Or, or I was actually um, cheap, shameless plug. There's a little. There we have an article about the great movie ride in the next issue of Celebrations Magazine, which isn't out yet. Don't anybody email me that you haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but it may be out by the time they hear this, so I hope you're enjoying well, it. Well, <laughs> that's right. It could be. Um, did you know Lou Mangiello? I do. I know Lou Mangiello, and you are no Lou Mangiello. Oh. No, that's not what you're asking me. Go ahead. No. Um, so a little tidbit I just found out. The, um, the company that helped develop the robotics behind the Witch of the West same company that did the fountains in front of the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Did you know that? I am. Of course I. Of course did. you did. <laughs> of course I did. I, no, I just found out. I thought that was. Well, that's pretty cool. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. Las Vegas. It's like Disney World for adults. So there's your connection. That's that it is. Well, every time I've watched Ocean's Eleven probably 120 times now. And that's one of the big scenes, which, by the way, during that scene has the music. Uh. From Impressions de France, with but I segue. That's a whole nice. difference. I like the connection. I dig it, and I like the fact that you love and, one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and the name of it's escaping me, and I know everybody knows it's a very famous piece of music. And it's Claire de Lune my, my, by the. That's it. That's it. That's it. My mind went blank there for a second. And every time, and I I like that piece of music because there's a part that's reminiscent of 
of uh, some Disney song. I don't remember, but it makes me think of it. And every time a movie's on, my daughter wonders why I'm listening to that song again. And All right, I'm going to go back up the road since I went down that path I wasn't supposed to go down here. For my next one, all right, th- this one's a, I'm going to sneak, be sneaky here. This is kind of a coming soon one. Hmm. And, and I hope it comes out the way I think it does, or else I'm going to look really stupid. Um, but it's, uh, with the Fantasyland opening up in uh, December-ish, which we're all looking forward to, uh, one of the main attractions, one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most, I'm sure everybody is, is Under the Sea, the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. And I say coming soon because, um, Lou, I've never seen it. Probably a lot of people listening have seen this too, anyone who's been to Disneyland. Uh, they have the similar attraction there, um, uh, prefacing the one that's coming to the Magic Kingdom. And uh, on that attraction, there's the animatronics everywhere. Cause there's one of Ariel in a key scene. And the reason I pointed out, and I'm assuming it's going to be the same way in the Magic Kingdom. We'll find out. But... Not only a very, you know, magical and under the sea, mystical and all that kind of stuff, but Lou, her hair moves. It moves. And it moves like in a way that animatronics hadn't moved before. And I I remember seeing it when I saw it for the first time. I had to look at it a few times to, is that really, am I seeing what I'm seeing? And I've been in the room for a few minutes and writing it again saw that it is what I saw and then further reading afterwards so yes the end of the Imagineers made it so not only does she move but her hair moves too so again assuming it's going to be that same way in the Magic Kingdom very much something to keep an eye out for when you ride under the sea and have a chance to see a, another animatronics innovation that's pretty nifty it's very subtle but it's pretty cool see now when you said when you talk about New Fantasyland, I thought that you were going to mention one that was on my list. That is very much a coming soon, but people have been getting sneak peeks of, uh, and that's the new Lumiere in the Enchanted mm-hmm. Tales with Belle. Now, they have been doing some super soft openings, because the soft openings don't begin until November 19th, but they have been doing some testing and letting guests in early on, and I can tell you that my Twitter and my texts were like blowing up those days because people are saying, OMG, I'm not <laughs> paraphrasing, they literally said, OMG, this Lumiere is the most incredible audio animatronic that I have ever seen. Now, remember, remember the size of Lumiere. He's probably, what, 12 to 14 inches in height. Um, mm-hmm. I have not seen it yet in person, right? I have not had a chance to get into the new Fantasyland when it's open. I also, Tim... You know, when they're when they're doing things like this, when they're doing test and adjust and sort of even pre-soft opening kind of things, I like to not go in and see it because I, I understand what they are doing. I understand they are still tweaking it. They are still adjusting. So I don't want to review or form an opinion on either the shows or the figures. Tim, I try not to, and I make it a point not to even watch videos, although I couldn't help it. I clicked on a Twitter link and I was like, no, shield my eyes. But I will tell you, <laughs> the 20 seconds, I couldn't look away, the 20 seconds of video that I saw of that Lumiere is very much raising the bar yet again. I thought that bar was raised 
And I'm now I'm even not only am I adding in like two extra ones, but I'm going outside of Walt Disney World. I thought the bar was raised out in Disneyland. When I saw the articulation and the movement and the expression that Imagineers were able to put on inanimate objects like cars in Radiator Springs Racers, I was just, pardon the accidental pun, I was floored. I was floored at what they were able to do and how they were able to make something like that emote. And when I saw the movements of this Lumiere, you very much, you know, you suspend your disbelief and forget that you are looking at something that is fake and animated because it moves much like the animated character did, like a person does. Wow. You know, I, I cheated. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I went, I went uh, <laughs> Look away. Look away. You, well, I, can't, I turned the sound off, so I can't hear anything. And Belle is pretty. <laughs> um, now, I, man, I'm not going to say much other than wow. And it's right. I totally agree with you. It's amazing. And I amazing. think it's something like uh, a world of color where you see it on video and you're like, wow, that's impressive. And then you see it in person and it's yeah. breathtaking. Yeah. And that's the response that I've been getting from people who have seen it who are like, you live 10 minutes from the Magic Kingdom. Why are you not camped out in Why front waiting? Why are you not there? It's, yeah. It's cool. All right, but don't do what I did, people. Don't cheat and look at don't it. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. November 19th, it opens. December 6th is the official opening. So yeah. um, wait for it then. So that really doesn't count as one for me because I just snuck in like five audio animatronics piggybacking on your aerial. All right. All right. <laughs> Listen, we've Make all established as I go along. If That's anybody it. has listened to the show before, they know that top ten is it's a mm. euphemism. It doesn't. It's just our top audio animatronics yeah, figures. It's top ten for top five for Tim <laughs> and top thirty-seven for. <laughs> Again, you snuck in three before you even said I hello did. to me this time. I did, and I'm going to do it again. Man. Because right. I talked well, about... It me, so it's still your turn, It's basically. still my turn, right, because I was just talking about how you didn't talk Unbelievable. About All right. <laughs> so I'm right. talking about firsts, right? I, I keep thinking about firsts. <laughs> There's these, these next progressions in technology. So we talked about the bird. We talked about the dancing man. We mentioned Lincoln. We talked about this A100 figure and Benjamin Franklin and all the firsts that they were able to do. And so when I was thinking of firsts, the next that sort of popped into my head was the first figure that was actually able to remove a body part and reattach it. And I don't mean like... Come on! What? (laughs) I don't mean like Lincoln taking off his arm and putting him back on, obviously. And we'll share this one. This is a collection... No, is is there a camera? Is there a camera behind me looking at my... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about... I'm all ears. Go ahead. <laughs> well, and let's, let's talk about this together, because I think... Th- all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the ones, too, that when we saw uh, Disney Parks on their blog revealing some of the little details, and we saw some pictures and video, we're like, wow, this looks pretty impressive. And then when right. you go... And you stand in the queue of Toy Story Midway Mania and you see Mr. Potato Head take off his ear and put it back on. And these expressions and the animations of the eyes that are that are looking at you while he is talking to you. Walt's dream is, is coming very close to being true, except without the person behind the curtain. This person, uh, this, this um, 
figure, which took more time to program than any other audio animatronics figure in Imagineering history, is able to emote. He's able to have expressions. He is able to form words and vowel sounds. If you watch those lips, and again, you can watch sort of the lips slash bumpers of the cars in Radiator Springs, he's going through these pre-recorded bits of dialogue, which are awesome. I, I love Don Rickles, the same way, the same uh, voice actor who does the movies. Um, but there are so many lines of dialogue, more than any other auto-animatronics figure in history, and you forget, Tim, that you're looking at a potato. I don't Ooh, forget. Potatoes. Oh, everything's better with butter and like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Oh, Mr. Potato Head with butter and bacon. Sorry. Move on. <laughs> well, you said removing a bite. I thought you meant Barbosa taking his. Never mind. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I have nothing to add to that. But you know, you reminded me of another one uh, that I didn't have on my list at all, which I'm going to add because it's in the same same uh, Toy Story universe. And I'm talking about Buzz Lightyear, which I shame on me. I didn't have him on my list the first time, but um, you all know it, it. It's an amazing animatronic. Again, everything we've talked about, the fluidity, the range of motion. But that, what I think is cool, too, is the, um, the updated use of the Madame Leota seance ball technology uh, where the Buzz Lightyear's face isn't an uh, animatronic. Uh, movement of lips and eyes and so forth. It's actually, you know, uh, an actual image that's that's on the face, much like Madame Leota's is projected onto the onto the crystal ball and and little Leota. See how I squeezed in little Leota there? Yeah. See, after all these years of doing this together, you're finally learning. We can't get an episode without her. Um, but yeah, I think um, the Buzz Lightyear animatronic uh, not only an astounding piece of technology it's just as a, an attraction piece in itself is uh, a great moment for Toy Story fans and Buzz Lightyear fans because it's, it's, it's one of the great reveals and I don't even I think we talked about reveals before and we didn't even mention this one but when you enter the queue and um, Space Ranger spin make your way around and, and the minute you walk into the main room and you see Buzz Lightyear for the first time and if your previous experience is just seeing him on screen it's really something else seeing him in real life, not just standing there. It's not just the figure moving around, and it's not even the uh, you know the character in the park you see walking around, which is not even though it's more. Uh, hmm, how do I how do I say this without spoiling it for all the little children? There's um, um, it seems like it would be more life, but it's not. Um, the, the, the figure that you see in, in Buzz Lightyear is, is, is truly amazing. And it, it's really a wow moment when you see him for the first time and see Buzz Lightyear himself moving around, telling you what to do. Um, bigger than life size. But that's because you're the size of a toy now. So, I, see, you, I, made me, you made me think of another one. I like how you snuck him in. I like how you I snuck like, him in. So I'm going to... I wasn't even sneaking the SC. I, I still have some left. See, that helped me because I still have some left on my list in case you steal any more. I, I do have a few more on my list. And but here's have, one that maybe – I'm going to mention one that maybe you don't have because when you're talking about size, um, mm -hmm. it made me think of one that's more loose-sized, right? It's a little bit smaller, and I think it goes to, again, how they're able to – we went from that little mechanical bird – to life-size audio animatronic humans to sort of going back again to 
some of the smaller audio animatronics, and we've talked about how they originally were planted, right? They were planted in their feet, and now we have Benjamin Franklin who walks. We're going to talk about some of the other advancements in, in the mobility of the um, the audio animatronics. But you know, back in uh, two thousand and I think it was maybe two thousand two, two thousand three, uh, Disney Imagineering had the first portable sort of electric audio animatronic figure. Do you know who that was? Lucky the dinosaur. No. No. I mean, darn. (laughs) It was was Miko. It was Miko from Pocahontas. And so if you, yeah, so if you remember in the Disney's Animal Kingdom show, the Spirit of Pocahontas show, she had a basket that carried this little animatronic Miko. Well, they were able to take that, and yes, we'll get to things like Lucky the Dinosaur and Muppet Mobile Labs, but I think a lot of people maybe don't know about or they don't think about one of my favorite little furry friends who you wouldn't necessarily expect to see where he is because normally when you see a large rat coming up to your table in a restaurant, you freak, right? I know where you're going. But when you see Remy come Mm -hmm. up over at Chefs de France, and I love this, Tim, because... Guests don't go to that restaurant for a a quote-unquote character meal. For the most part, Remy is a surprise, right? It's one of those overlooked experiences. It's a hidden treasure. Call it what you want. But when that rolling food cart comes up and a maitre d' lifts the lid of sort of that cheese platter and there is the smallest audio animatronic ever created by Imagineering, it is a great surprise it's incredibly interactive. Now, he doesn't speak, he squeaks, but he's able to move and emote and articulate in a way that you are able to actually sort of hold a conversation or you watch the dialogue go on between the Mater D and Remy and you have a little show that is personal to you and your table. It is a foot away from you and in with the, with the smallest audio animatronic ever created and that to me is not just a great use of the technology, it's a great use of the space, and it's a great surprise for guests. So Chef Remy, huge, huge thumbs up. Definitely just definitely on my list of top 400 animatronics in the park. <laughs> That's, I'm glad you mentioned them, because I thought of that. And I, to be honest, I haven't been in the restaurant since then, so I haven't seen it up close and personal. So I was hoping you'd say it, because I kind of wanted to hear some more about them. Um, but very cool. Now, now I really have to go there. Get some, uh, well, not the snails, but I'll get something. But um, for next one, I'm going on a grander level on the next one. And I'm, hey, I'm staying in Epcot, right where you were, but I'm going to Spaceship Earth. And uh, the big renovation that took place with Spaceship Earth a few years ago, we've talked about many times. Um, I think most, uh, most, not mostly, but often in terms of things we missed about it. Um, like the closing scenes in the city of the future and that sort of thing. Um, so as with a lot of refurbishments and renovations, I think for the most part, fan, you know, fantastic for the most part, some things we miss, some things we talk about, but I don't think there's any debate. The animatronics that were updated are absolutely breathtaking. And that, that was, well, they're the first things you notice as you embark on your journey through time are the animatronics. And, from the very first uh, prehistoric scene through the Greek scene with the teacher, the Egypt, the Egypt scene, 
with a pharaoh and uh, pretty much every scene after that uh, old fan, uh, fans of the older spaceship Earth and who remember what the animatronics were like which were very impressive in their own right but were I'm sure blown away by the new ones the first time they saw them uh, again everything we talked about the um, much more fluid much more lifelike much more animated than they ever were before and uh, you know the scenes pretty much are still the same but the increased um, life likeness of the animatronic just lifts these scenes to a whole new level so while we can debate some of the things we miss and like and don't like about the new and improved spaceship Earth, um, no one can say the animatronics are one of those things that we don't like because they're absolutely stunning is there one when you think when you close your eyes and you think of Spaceship Earth, uh, I know you probably think of Funnel Cake, but when you get past that, I know. what is what if you think of an audio animatronic that defines or represents Spaceship Earth to you, which one is it? Defines? I that's a hard question. I thought you were gonna ask me which one impresses me the most. Um, what impresses you? Well, I, the Greek scene I remember impressing me very much the uh, the teacher. Um I, I, I remember the, the previous teacher, I moved, moved of course, but, you know, it was a few pan movements and, and a couple of turns, but, but boy, the, the movements on, on the new figure just made my jaw drop when I saw it for the first time, and, and it just impresses me every other time. And it's, 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 it's like the early ones, the first few scenes have the, the, um, like the most impressive animatronics. I think as you go further through, they're still they're still new and impressive, but I think the most impressive ones were in the first what three or four scenes. So, so unless for, I'm missing somebody later on, well, what see, do you, to me, what do you think? the one that's the most impressive is the little newspaper mm-hmm. boy. And you want to know why? Oh, okay. Because every now why? and then he moves, right? One no, time he's, he's up front, he's facing you. Another time he's all the way in the back facing the wall, which creeps me out because it's like the end of the Blair Witch Project, and I totally get <laughs> like weirded out. But I'm like, this dude is sort of moving around depending on when. I mean, he doesn't walk around, but right, right, um, right. I, I say that half jokingly. So, um, Rome burning. Rome burning. Um, ah, yeah. I miss the horses. So, I miss the horses too. Mm. East, west, north, and south. Anyway, I, I can't be That wilderness oh, lodge. Wilderness, Whispering Canyon, barbecue smell. Oh, <laughs> All right. So, the next one on my list. Um, have we done like seven each? No, I, I don't know. Probably not. All right, but you know Go what? Ahead. Um, I, I'm saving this one till now, somewhat near the end, mm-hmm. because it potentially is going to stir controversy. Ooh! And look, Ooh, I, I'm like the I, least I, controversial I, guy like on the planet, man. I, you know, um, but I'm gonna go from, and you'll understand what I mean, uh-huh. because I'm gonna go from the smallest audio animatronic that Disney has ever created. Uh-huh. I already know where you're going. You know where I'm going. I'm going I to the largest, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. the largest audio animatronic is obviously the chick in the spaceship Earth with the giant hair from the 70s seat. No. The boots. It's, it's the boots. It's a boot. Be about TS. It's obviously the Yeti, right? 25 feet tall, 20,000 pounds, this thousand feet of skin you know put over this uh you know gigantic creature um that has an incredible amount of programming and animation 19 axes of motion but that's different 
than other Audionatronic creatures because he is so big, because he's so heavy, and because the movement of the arm that sweeps over the um, the train car, and I can say move slash moved, I, I understand, they can't balance him up on his legs alone, right? So they create this sort of structural boom that connects to his back to keep the entire figure sort of hanging off over the side of the mountain, over your vehicle, that needs to obviously be connected to the mountain, right? So there's a 3,000 PSI thruster that sort of moves that arm. But over time, since the Yeti, um, since the Yeti was introduced um, in 2006, over time, that force, that movement, the, the thrusts and the lunging, over time, cracked the base of the Yeti. Right, so he's now yeah. known in in what is is termed B mode, right? The the arm no longer moves; it does not articulate. There is a strobe light on him to give the effect of movement or whatever. And look, Tim, for guests that are going to see it for the first time tomorrow and don't know that that arm used to move, that's still a pretty big, impressive, scary in a thrilling kind of way figure those of us who have seen that arm move and remember how amazing and how impressive it was when it did lament the fact that it does not move anymore so i say this is somewhat controversial because people are going to say the yeti is not it should not be on the list because he is in b mode a mode yeti belongs on the list but i think people have to understand too it is not something that they you know when they close animal kingdom at eight o'clock at night they don't just need to sort of tighten a couple of nuts and bolts and maybe program something and he's fixed the next day. Because of the way this mountain is built, because of the way this figure is connected to the structural integrity of the mountain itself, it's going to take more than a simple night, week, month, maybe six month refurbishment of what is clearly the most popular attraction in Disney's Animal Kingdom. So now you have this decision you know, hey, do we really, you know, do we close this attraction down, are, are the, the, the biggest attraction in Animal Kingdom, to refurbish this arm, which is really right now the only thing that's kind of not working in, in A mode in the attraction, and deprive guests who are coming there from the experience of riding on Expedition Everest. It's, I, I understand it is a, it's a, it's a very difficult balance. Nobody wants the Yeti back in A mode more than I do, but I understand it. Right? I understand why it cannot and has not happened, and it will, right? I'm sure someday they'll figure out how to do it and when the right time it is to close down, maybe after there's additional things and experiences brought into Animal Kingdom. But I still think that for what the Yeti is, what it represents, and what is under all of that skin and fur and the technology that's in there, without a doubt, in my mind, Yeti belongs on the list. I can't speak to it. That must have been the part when my eyes were closed. I was crying and I was screaming like a little kid. So. <laughs> Burying your head into my shoulder is not the way to experience Expedition Everest. <laughs> well, I hear you. All right. Is this the time where I can pull a loo and cram in like 500 honorable mentions here? Sure. Knock yourself out. I'm at, I'm at that part. I, I, you know, I will throw one out there. And this, this is purely... <clears throat> It's a it's an odd one I put on my list, and it it's not there because it's a a um, technologically advanced animatronic. Didn't, as far as I know, didn't break any new um, 
animatronic barriers as far as innovation and so forth. It wasn't a first than anything. It wasn't this or that. But for any kid who wanted to be Luke Skywalker when they grew up or Princess Leia, seeing C-3PO moving life-size in front of you in real life is, to quote my five-year-old nephew walking through the queue of Star Tours, this is my dream. <laughs> and I just I just throw that out there as it again. I mean he's a he's a robot. It's a robot. It's not a robot trying to be human. It's a robot being a robot. So what's the big whoop? Um but it's one of those bringing uh bringing the magic to life, bringing the thing you've always seen and admired to life in front of you. Just amazing. I would throw R2D2, but I don't think that even counts. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know. Moving the thing. I, I, I don't know if that goes in the list of animatronic figures. I'm, I guess it does, but I think he. I think he qualifies. I think he qualifies. I think he qualifies, but his his range of motion is not quite. It's somewhat that, limited. Uh, it's somewhat limited. It's somewhat limited. Yeah. But he, um, he talks good talk. Uh, we didn't even talk about the Hall of Presidents. Well, that's exactly where I was going to go, right? Because and I want I want to sort of discuss it with you as opposed to just you know go through. Let's it because discuss. Because I think that the Hall of Presidents represents, remember, 41-year-old Hall of Presidents represents, um, when it comes to human audio animatronic figures, it set the bar very high 41 years ago. And what I mean is, look at the range of presidents that are in there. I don't mean to look at the, the new Obama or the new updated Washington figures that are again this the latest generation of figures but I want you to sit up front and I want you to watch as the show progresses the faces the feet the hands mm-hmm. the arms the eyes of the other presidents because you would you know had you not known any better you would almost guess that they're human because mm-hmm. subtle movements a nod of a head a look to the side a shift of the eyes a twitch of the finger, whatever it might be, gives them such... They don't look like they're wax figures. They look as though they are sitting there in the gallery listening to the presidents, the other presidents speak or be introduced as well. Yeah, I think that's the amazing thing. Well, well, amazing because they're they're relatively old um, compared to, you know, the, the newest generation of animatronics. Um, but it is a it's it's the, the movements are very subtle, but it, but it is fun to watch you know to keep an eye out for them, and they make all the world a difference. It, it doesn't seem like they do, but if you compare it to an attraction that has um, non animatronic figures in it, if you know what I mean, like figures that are there but they're not moving or anything. Um, if you think about it, it 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 it's it's barely perceptible, but it does make a world of difference in the. In the uh, in the presentation of of the senior watching, so it's very cool. And I guess we may have a new animatronic figure coming up shortly, won't we? So. Okay. we may, and I Maybe. Think that, and I think that that subtlety of movement yeah. that we're talking about, and I'll, and I will tell you right now, as we're uh, very far into our list, you know that there are some people. I, I'm not going to generalize, but chances are a. a good portion of them are women are screaming at their respective devices going what is wrong Uh-oh. with you people 
How have you not mentioned the oh-so-dreamy Captain Jack Johnny Depp Sparrow? Well, you mentioned it in the very beginning, but, and it was well, on my list. I gave up. It was in passing. Because he's, he again, with the fir- come on, the first time you saw him, you're like, I mean, that's, it looks like it's Johnny Depp sticking his head up out of the barrel. That was wow. Don't be cheeking. And for someone who's, who's um, you know, and I better not go down this path. Continue on. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't right. tell him, Carlos. Um, Suffice no, no, it to no. say, I, I'm a big Johnny Depp fan. That's listen. And we'll just, we're you know just what? gonna leave. Just it leave there. it there. Just let it go, man. <laughs> just, just let it go. Um, yeah. And I forget Barbosa too. And Barbosa too. But I will tell you that for my uh, actually relatively small list of of honorable mentions, one of my favorite, my personal favorite audio animatronics that has resonated with me with me since I was three years old and and went to Walt Disney World and the first time I saw it and the first time my kids see it it still is one of those wow that's what we talk about kind of thing I you may love your Johnny Depp but yeah. hairy leg pirate I ah. for you my friend yes yes it's just right. It's so realistic because you see, you know, those those hairs on the leg, and that sort of just the way it kind of subtly rocks back and forth. You cannot help but look up and just—it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, it's fun. It's funny. It's one of those things. As as you and I, you young kids aren't going to understand this, but as you and I progress through, um, you know, VCRs to. And records to CDs and MP3 players and all this kind of stuff. In other words, before the world was all connected and we all talked about Disney online and 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 all that, I, I remember in seeing Pirates and seeing the leg, and, you know, and going like, "Oh, that's really cool. That's cool," and thinking that was the coolest discovery. And you know, I might be the only one who notices how cool that is, and then. You know, as as you get into the the whole Disney experience and community and talk to more people, my friend, just how iconic that leg is, which is a really weird thing to uh, to point out. It's like a, you think of the Magic Kingdom, you think of the castle, you think of Tinker Bell flying overhead, you think of the hairy leg. It's just weird that it's one of those things, but but yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of not. I want to say it's like the Paula Presidents in this sense, but that like, but those two pieces for da- very different reasons. Those two examples are are, are indicative. We'll be always talk about the attention to detail. You know, whether in this case, whether it's the hairs on the leg of a pirate. Are you kidding me? Or or it's it's figures that could be stationary wax type figures sitting there. There's no reason, really, they have to be. Right. But that everyone's animated, and they may do nothing more than fidget a finger or, or lean over. But the fact that they do and that the Imagineers went through the time and the trouble and the effort to make that happen, you know, again, indicative of, of the level of detail that we love so much. Right. It's the quintessential Disney scene, right? The quintessential Disney memory, the quintessential Disney icon is, is the hairy leg. Everybody knows... Everybody knows. It's sort of transcended into almost pop culture. So, um, believe it or not, Tim, I I only have just. I'm pretty much done. I only have two that that I think just bear mentioning. Um, 
I, I think that hopper in It's Tough to Be a Bug. Oh, oh. Right? Yes. A lot of, I mean, yeah. a lot of different, uh, close to like 70 different motor functions. Yeah. And it's a, it's a bit of a throwaway. But again, yeah. I think it represents the technology of, and it's sort of maybe not considered audio animatronic. But um, when you go through the seas with Nemo and friends, and there's the angler yeah. fish on that Kuka yeah. Robo arm. It's really not an audio animatronic, but again, we talk about that that cool sense of movement that's in there. Um, so I don't know if he would be an audio animatronic, but I think that just the way he moves and, and sort of that yeah. technology. Well, you know what? Too. I toss the elephants in the Jungle Cruise in the same category, but even though they're not <laughs> really animatronics, I guess. Um, you know, one I, one that occurred to me that. Um, an attraction that is filled with amazing animatronics that we kind of neglected to mention is Dinosaur. I um, figured you'd never even seen it before. Yeah, well, I, every, I did see my souvenir photo, and I, I, how I got my leg that far down between, or my head down between my knees, I never, um, Scary stuff, indeed. Uh, but it reminds me, too, of, uh, of the dinosaurs in Ellen's Energy Adventure. Not quite as animated as those in Dinosaur, but still mighty impressive. And I'm sure they're not the most animated animatronics, but there's a warm spot in my heart for the Carousel of Progress in the family. I agree. Especially the dog. So I um, have... I, my, the warmest spot in my heart is for the daughter we never see again. I don't know where... It's the daughter we, uh, speak, we do not I, speak of. She disappears after the first scene. I don't know if she's in prison. I, I, listen, I'm not going to judge, but I will tell you that she is missed. But what I do want to ask you, Tim, and what I want to sort of just think about for a second, is we've talked about this progression of audio animatronic figures, right? From the mechanical bird to Muppet Mobile Labs to what about what's next, right? So we, we wonder if Walt could have imagined where we would be today. I think it's difficult almost for us to imagine what is sort of next on the horizon? What are Imagineers working on next, right? We've seen Muppet Mobile Labs. We've seen Lucky the Dinosaur. You know, is this walking, talking, audio animatronic human the next thing? I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see, like we've seen with with the cues and talking Mickey, you know, we're going to see much more interactivity. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see much more personalization, um, you know, whatever this next gen, whatever this next gen technology is that they're working on, I think that is probably what's next. I think that when we were at the D23 Expo, Imagineering did give us a little term, a, a little sort of peek behind the curtain when they were showing us a little bit about um, autonomatronics. It's sort of audio animatronics being combined with this living character initiative. Um, where they use cameras and sensors and they, they're sort of making decisions. The computers are making decisions on how these characters are going to act. Uh, we saw some things on the Disney Parks blog about this character called Otto. Uh, they can see, He can almost see who is in the room. They can see the expressions on their faces. He can sort of hold conversations with them. So I, I'm curious as to what the future may hold. I keep saying, you know, uh, that it's a great time to be a Disney fan. I think the next three, five, seven, ten years as far as audio animatronic technology is going to hold things that we simply cannot imagine. Yeah, it's hard. I couldn't I couldn't imagine a few years ago that Crush could actually talk to me on a movie screen. So, 
Yeah, I I agree. I I don't I don't think. Well, I, I was going to say I don't think Walt Disney could have envisioned this, but actually, I somehow think he could. But um, it's amazing. I I mean, I wonder how much um, computer and computer animation will move into this. You know, who knows? Um, if you're going to see characters walking through the streets someday or bridging that uncanny valley of weirdness but um, <laughs> I thought the uncanny valley of weirdness was your basement but uh, anyway, <laughs> what I am curious well, of, <laughs> yeah but that's a whole other <laughs> I'm you know, curious you know, I, before you finish up there's one I'm, su- I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention I think we mentioned every audio animatronic figure in the parks. Um, well, let me let me kind of walk you down the path because you talked about this before, and it's actually something I've seen, but not too many times. Uh, Tomorrowland, right? Burgers, Sunny Eclipse, yeah. Suddenly I heard Captain Zizix from Tokyo. <laughs> there you go. I thought she would mention that one. You know, I thought about it, but I literally was try- I was really trying. Kids, I really do try and keep the list to 10. Oh, please. <laughs> please. I, I do try. And I think, so, listen, uh, you know, Sonny is, again, he's one of those things where he is and what he does makes him, you know, uh, it, it's it's a dinner show for your counter service restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think if I was listing my top 10. I, it, it pains me to say it, but I, as much as I love Sonny and the Space Angels and the oh so delicious burgers, uh, I don't know that I don't know that he would qualify on my top ten audio animatronics. But that's okay because your top ten, as you pointed out, never stops at ten. So, <laughs> okay, man, that's fine. So well, and listen. So now that you've made sure we mentioned every, I'm still sure uh, we, we did. I know there's so many we didn't. There are there are ones that we did not mention. So, and so my question for this week, my question to you, the listener, is: What is your favorite? Right? What is your favorite audio animatronic? Whether it was on the list or not, uh, tell us your favorite. Visit this week's show notes over at wdwradio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Leave your comment there. And if you want to speculate, right, you want to play a little uh, Imagineer and tell me what you think the future might hold. I'd love to hear your thoughts or what you'd like to see audio animatronics do. And you could also maybe tell us what you'd like to see in Celebrations Magazine. And you can check that out over at Celebrations Press. You can get the print version. You can subscribe. You can get back issues. But speaking of technology, Tim Foster, you're on yeah. the iPad. We're on the iPad. We're on the iPhone. So all and, you... Have- and other devices. And other devices. Yeah, I can see the... Um, uh, Kindle. The Kindle. <laughs> uh, I got torn where you said Amazon or Barnes and Noble. The Kindle and, and Samsung's device are coming online. Now we're told other ones will be coming on soon. So all you Android people out there, pay attention. We've been asked about that, and I've asked as well the developer, and they they, they assure me it's coming soon. And so. it's coming to Betamax and Laserdisc. So and Betamax. It, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and I will I will mention out there for those of you who. Um, Looking for holiday gifts this year, you still have time. We still have a few left of the 2011 Celebrations Christmas Keepsake. If and does that looking. still come with the free Tim Foster plush, or are they sold out? They're done. No, They're ran done. out of those. Mine's getting worn out. We're going to have to do another run. But um, 
The Lumon Jello jumping beans are still <laughs> not really. I'm gonna. Not, I know. I'm yeah, gonna don't keep please. That. No. I didn't get my my Jello jumping. Beans. <laughs> and of course, there's guide to the magic.com too. You got to go check out the guide to the magic and all the kind of fun and festivities there as well too. Tim Foster, I will tell you that I love our top number signed lists uh, of Walt Disney World goodness. Uh, Tim and I have been doing this on the show literally for years. We were talking about that earlier, trying to figure out how many years it's been. But if you go to the website and you click on this week's show notes in the top 10 tag, you can see all the past archived episodes that Tim and I have been uh, doing together with uh, a lot of fun, some very interesting top 10 discussions as well. Uh, Love having you come on. You got to come and do this again soon. Uh, Anytime, my friend. Tim Foster bobbleheads. I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, Okay. It moves like the Tim Foster animatronic. It's time for the Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I ask you to challenge yourself to see how well you pay attention to the Disney details. Test your knowledge of Disney history or the details in the parks, or maybe like we did last week, ask you to identify a sound clip that I took from one of the Disney parks attractions, ask you to identify it for a chance to win a Disney prize package. So let's go back, let's review the clip from last week and select our winner. I'm used to being taken for granted. Blink, blink, breathe, breathe. Day in, day out. Never a thank you, never a job well done. Gee, I'm sorry. I had no idea. Hey, wait a minute. What are all these things? Dreams, sir. You're in the sleep mode. You should have had this in class. Hmm. It's pretty simple. So that clip came from Cranium Command at the old Wonders of Life Pavilion. As I told you, I was in an Epcot Center 30th anniversary kind of mood and so you may remember this attraction which premiered in October 1989 ran until about January 2007 where we followed the adventures of Buzzy an audio animatronic figure who was given the task of piloting a 12 year old boy's brain in a typical day at school it included a number of notable cameos from actors during that time including Charles Grodin and John Lovitz they were the left and right brain you may remember Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey They were the pump-you-up characters from Saturday Night Live who, of course, ran the left and right ventricle of the heart. George Wendt from the TV show Cheers was the stomach. And you also had comedians Bobcat Goldthwait and Kevin Meany. If you want to learn more about Cranium Command and the other attractions in the Wonders of Life Pavilion like Body Wars and The Making of Me, listen to show number 227. It's part of our continuing Epcot retrospective series. Get a good look at the origins, the concepts, and how the pavilion had changed throughout the years before it closed a number of years ago. Again, that's show number 227. I'll put a link to it in this week's show notes. But back to the contest. Again, thanks to all of you, literally hundreds of you, sent in the correct answer of Cranium Command. And this week's winner, who gets all of my audio walking tours of Walt Disney World, a WDW Radio luggage tag button, and an, an Epcot 30th anniversary button and souvenir map, which was only available on October 1st, is 
P. Wells. So congratulations, Mr. or Mrs. Wells. Send me your information. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you didn't win, that's okay, because here's your chance to play and win in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. So as you know, we're talking about auto-animatronics figures this week, and I mentioned some very fluid ones in Stitch's Great Escape in Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom. So here's your question for this week. What is the name of the audio-animatronics figure, which is voiced by Richard Kind? You may know him from the old TV show Spin City, as well as some Disney Pixar films where he was Malt the Grasshopper in A Bug's Life and The Bookworm in Toy Story 2. So all you need to do is tell me the name of his audio-animatronics figure in the Stitches Great Escape pre-show. Email your answers to contest at www.radio.com. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, October 14th, and you're playing for a prize package that includes all of my audio walking tours, a WW Radio luggage tag, a button, and a new unopened mystery vinylmation. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. As I said at the beginning, a couple of quick announcements for you. Don't forget, in addition to the podcast and the videos and the blog and everything going on over at www.radio.com, join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. It's a live video broadcast and interactive chat where you can be part of the conversation in the chat room as we talk about this week's Walt Disney World news. Again, that's every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can find the link right on the homepage of www.radio.com. But we also have another special live broadcast coming to you this Friday, October 12th, as we'll be broadcasting live from the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic. We'll begin broadcasting around 6 o'clock p.m. from the promenade in between the Swan and the Dolphin. You'll be able to watch and chat as we explore, and by explore, I mean eat and drink our way throughout the event, talk with some of the celebrity chefs, see some of the other seminars and tastings that are going on there as well. If you're in Walt Disney World, please come by and join us at the event. For more information, you can visit Swan Dolphin foodandwineclassic.com I'll put the link in the show notes if you can't join us at the event please join us live in the box watch and chat with us and definitely stay tuned for your chance to win two tickets to next year's event you have to be watching us live over at www.radio.com you can follow me over on Twitter and Facebook for more information and updates as we get closer on Twitter I'm at Lou Mangiello and you can subscribe to my profile it's facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. If you can't catch the Wednesday night shows or this Friday's event from the Swan and Dolphin, that's okay. You can watch the video on YouTube, on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Radio, on the WW Radio blog, or I'll also post the audio in the iTunes feed as well. Hope you guys are subscribed over in iTunes. Don't forget too, I want you to be part of the show. Love hearing from you. You can email me at lou at www.radio.com or you can call the voicemail. Be heard on the air by calling 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Speaking of other special events, don't forget coming up this October, we're also going to have our meet of the month. Stay tuned for the date and location for that and our annual walkabout for the uh, Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Stay tuned again. Twitter, 
Facebook uh, and the live show is best ways to find out exactly what those dates are going to be. I want to once again thank my partners and sponsors, but first I want to say thanks to all of you, uh, to everybody who has nominated the show for a podcast award in the travel category. Uh, I sincerely appreciate you guys taking the time to do that and for your support. I've received so many emails and tweets and Facebook posts uh, about that and from many of you asking how and where they are, you can visit podcastawards.com, nominate WW Radio in the travel category one time before October 15th. If you're so inclined, I very much do appreciate uh, you guys taking the time and doing that again for the support and friendship that you guys continue to show me. Also, thanks to my partners and sponsors like Mouse Fan Travel, whether you're going to Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, any of your vacation planning needs, Becky and her incredible team of agents not only give you the best possible prices, discounts as they come out, an incredible level of personal service, but it is all at no cost to you. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com. If you're coming to Walt Disney World, maybe you want something a little bit bigger. You're bringing the whole tribe down with you. AllStarVacationHomes.com has everything from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom homes uh, with multiple master bedrooms, game rooms, private pools, spas, and lots more. And if you're coming down for the Food and Wine Festival, you have to go out and get the Disney Food Blog Mini Guide to the 2012 Epcot Food and Wine Festival. It's got a full schedule of events, touring strategies, a chapter about all the new events, menu items, booths, and much, much more. And if you use code WDWRADIO at checkout, you get a discount as well. Again, you can find that over at dfbguide.com. But if you can't get down to Disney as often as you like, you want a little bit of Disney magic delivered right to your door or your iPad, visit celebrationspress.com. You can get Celebrations Magazine, order back issues both in print and on your iPad as well. And finally, to you, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, I hope to get a chance to meet you guys at a meet of the month or the walkabout or any of the other upcoming events we have planned. For this year and everything we have planned in 2013, go check out our events page over at www.radio.com. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links on Facebook, Pinterest, Google+, your favorite discussion forums. And please come by, rate, and review the show over on iTunes. Very, very much appreciated. Very, very helpful. And finally, I want you guys to always remember that some people dream of success while others wake up and work hard at it every single day. Go out, be that person, do something amazing, and as Walt said, always keep moving forward. Thank you again for taking the time and listening this and every week. I so very much appreciate it. I hope you have a great week this week. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. How's it going? This is Brian Rainey calling. I haven't called in a while. And just want to let you know I'm calling from Disneyland in California. And I don't know if you have music in the background, but I'm...
Walt Disney, I have to say that I actually started crying in the middle of the dairy section uh, because I was listening to this on my iPod, and I'm sure I got a few looks. So I was so engrossed in the entire interview, I didn't even care that I was in Stop and Shop. But the way he said the name and the truthfulness in that answer just absolutely touched my heart. So I wanted to say thank you for that interview, and thank you for everything that you do, and have a great week. See you soon. Bye. You've got a friend.